Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Podcast with me, Regina Lally, and this week's return guest, Neil Partridge. Good morning, Regina. Hi. Thanks for joining me again this week while Kelly's enjoying the last few days off and my isn't she lucky with the sunshine? Very jealous. She always picks a good week. So yeah, this week we thought we'd have a little chat about the data protection breaches that have been quite prominent in the news over the last couple of weeks, particularly as I have been personally affected by them. So the first one that came to light was the uh, breach involving a charity and university data processor. So the organisation is based in the States called Blackbound and they provide software to universities and charities that help them with their fundraising. So managing donors and obviously universities use that for their past students so that they can keep in touch with alumni and obviously want to elicit donations from them. So I routinely get calls from the University of Exeter about what I'm doing, where I am in my career, what my time at Exeter was like, and, you know, did I want to donate? I always take the call, always have a good chat with the, the student there and um, who's managing the fundraising. And so obviously they've kept in touch with me over the years. So I was a little bit wary when I saw the important update about your information headline as the, the email popped through and a little piece of me sighed inside as I'll know what's happened. And yeah, I had a very comprehensive email from them telling me that they obviously used Blackbound and that there had been this breach and that my data had been affected. They were reassuring in that there was no financial information that had been affected. I would be very surprised if they still had any financial information about me because I haven't actually donated or given them any money in any recent time since I was at, at uni. But they still had a significant amount of information on me that would make it probably quite easy for identity theft or fraud, um, just in terms of things like obviously all my contact details, my qualifications that I got from Exeter and prior to that, any information they've had about my career since then, which I've kept them up to date with, things like, you know, what sports clubs and my interests were while I was at uni. So again, some of those sort of more personal elements that whilst not sensitive, do add to the level of information that's available about me as an individual and other individuals that can help with scamming people that know me because suddenly if you're trying to impersonate me you know more about me that makes it easier to kind of pretend to be me so it was just I mean the communication was very good I thought but it was just quite a it was sort of knowing what happens and how these things can affect you you kind of yeah sigh a little bit when you think oh no that's another place that my data's now escaped from and you kind of don't forget, but it's not really my university. It's not something that I really routinely think about what data they might have about me. So it's a bit of a reminder as well that, wow, all of these places have got such different data and you're reliant on them to keep it secure. And they're obviously reliant on their data processor to keep it secure. Very much so. Do you know what? There are a couple of things that have happened this week. I know you mentioned as well, Regine, there was another breach as well. There was. Uh, so, I mean, as as most people know, I'm a I'm a big runner. I've been injured, thankfully, for the last week, so I wasn't affected by the fact that I couldn't upload my runs to Garmin. But Garmin has been down much to the dismay of many runners and cyclists across the world. And yeah, again, it was a, a big, big outage. I think that most people believe it's a, it's a ransomware attack, just to the, the how much it, it has actually affected uh, all of their systems and it was a couple of days that they were they were actually out and it was so it was also a ransomware attack that took out blackbound so there are significant concerns around why a company's being caught out at the moment because it's obviously something that's happening quite 
a lot around the world. It's not just um, here in the UK, it's, it's, it's global as an issue. Well, I'm going to make a rather tenuous connection here, but I know that in the background we can hear workmen working away. Now, that's indicative of the fact that actually life is, OK, starting to return to normal. It's not quite normal yet. And in fact, the new normal is going to be working from home. It's going to be remote working. So this is not going to go away. Now, I, I did make a joke earlier that actually if you took all the information about your history at university and what you've been doing since and that you like running and now your Garmin data may have been compromised, I could clone you. And I bet someone <laughs> there's AI software around the world right now trying to trying to clone you. <laughs> also an element of people, you know, we say, okay, well, you know, so what? You know, why not? Okay, so it's happened. What are we going to do about it? But let's look at some of the some of the dangers here. Now let's say uh, we don't know if this is ransomware, where this data has actually gone. Who's no. you who's being sold to? And they say they've deleted the data once the ransom's being paid. Yeah, right. I mean, seriously? And I know of hackers, hacking hackers. <laughs> so, <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> but put it this way, there, there is also immediate personal risk. Because if that data they've got from your Garmin device includes your GPS settings, and let's say you had, um, let's say you were affected by, uh, from an ex, by an ex-partner or, or somebody who had something against you, mm -hmm. well, they now know your running routes. So there's actually mm -hmm. a personal safety issue there straight away. The problem is all these things don't necessarily hit you straight away. I mean, there's other elements too such as where do you think people who call you about the accident that you had, uh, where do you think they get their data from? I mean, they get it from a variety of sources, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was this. So you actually find, I think, don't you, that once when there has been big data breaches like this, that those kind of calls do increase and that you find that you, you're more targeted because they're trying either if they're genuine companies, somehow they've got hold of that data through a list that they've bought sort of second, third, fourth hand or something. But also then, you know, there are other scammers that are trying to, you know, get in touch, use the data, try and defraud you for money. And they've got the information that they they know you use Garmin. They know where you went. They can seem more legitimate. They can contact me as Exeter University. And how am I to know that they're not? And so they can use some of those different aspects of, of the insight that they've got to sound more legitimate uh, when they're trying to defraud individuals. And that can happen very quickly. I mean, I think there was a case of a, a lady, She it was a story on the BBC yesterday, she'd actually recorded telephone conversation with a Barclays Bank employee, and I'm doing air quotes there because it actually wasn't, but somebody pretending to be Barclays Bank and was so convincing and she transferred money across but she's actually got that recording because she thought it'd be easier than taking notes of, of whatever it was that she was trying to achieve. And obviously they'd phoned her and she's like, rather than take notes, I'm going to make a telephone recording. So she could hear what they did and what they said and how legitimate they sounded. And, and it's very easy for people to use information that they've got if they're criminals, if they're nefarious and they want to deceive you. If they've the more information they have to sound authentic and legitimate, the easier it is for them to achieve that financial goal. And don't forget that these people, these um, cyber criminals, which is what they are, they are criminals. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't an accidental thing they're doing. It's very deliberate, it's malicious. They have marketing departments too. And so if you think about it, the whilst it might seem unrelated that Garmin, and it probably is unrelated that Garmin and universities were attacked this week, you think about the, the, the personal profile, the marketing profile of a Garmin owner. Now, you probably, Regina, fall smack bang in the middle of that profile. Now, they're going to say university educated, cares about fitness, can afford to buy a fitness device. 
this person has a little bit of money. No, obviously, I know your your fleet of Ferraris is currently mothballed during during a lockdown. Badly, yes. Of course. <laughs> but the point is, is that they you're a great target, and so I'm not surprised this woman was also targeted because they would have profiled her too. Mm. So this data that gets stolen from us, this this breach that happens, that data can be just planted for months, and they wait until perhaps during a lockdown like this, and then they pounce. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing now. Absolutely. And I think, as you were saying there, Neil, with the working from home aspect, it's much harder for companies to a keep those kind of phishing emails out because essentially ransomware attacks will generally happen because somebody within the organisation has clicked on a link that they shouldn't have and introduced it to the organisation. And and obviously, when you're in an office, it's much easier for an IT department to manage the security to to keep an eye on where it happens so that if it happens and you can see it's happened people are going to see the reaction and a note that something's happening that's different to what would normally be the case and I think that obviously with people working from home and being dispersed and on their own networks it's much harder particularly for I mean these are big companies so if it's challenging for them it's also going to be challenging for smaller and medium companies because they won't necessarily have the same budget or infrastructure that these companies do to try and keep them out so it's a threat not just for the big companies like Garmin and and the big universities who who might use a, a significant data uh, processor, but also for sort of smaller companies, and they can be just as lucrative for the criminals. It doesn't have to be always a massive win. Well, let me give you a great example of that, Regina. Small businesses and the fact that small businesses um, something I came across personally that if people were working remotely, they probably wouldn't have picked this up. I was at a reception desk of a smallish law firm. Oh. A little while ago, a few months ago, and uh, I was speaking to the woman behind the desk who was checking me in uh, for the day. Very high security, very good. And next to her was sat uh, another chap, and he was also on reception. But he was tapping away at his computer, getting he was swearing at his computer. <laughs> and the person who was dealing with me said, "Excuse me, Neil." And she went to talk to a colleague, and she said, "What is the problem? Why are you getting so frustrated?" And he said, "My computer slowed down this morning. It's not working." And she okay. said, "Remember the training we had last week." Computers and systems are like humans. When they catch a cold or a virus or they're being attacked, they slow down. She said, report it to IT. And it's all well and good doing that in an office where you've got a colleague to remind you. When mm-hmm. you're working remotely, who's got your back? Exactly. It's mm. um, it's such a really good analogy, actually. And I think it's important to remember that being able to, to try and keep it top of staff mind. You, you know, obviously you have annual training, you have, um, hopefully, and you have the policies that we encourage staff to read every year as a minimum and certainly on induction it's about for us i think what we always try and encourage companies and and people to do is to keep data protection at the top of the conversation so that you do get something like that you know where it's in it was last week so that was good timing for that firm it was something that was top of her mind she was able to help her colleague and i think if you can constantly have those conversations build it into routine team meetings so if there are things that people see that suspicious they feel happy to say i might have just clicked on this link accidentally because i I was in a rush but i'm not sure now i think it could have been a fake or you know i've i'm thinking about clicking on this or does this look legitimate so that you're constantly in the front of your mind healthily suspicious it's always something that i kind of try and do and you know i've i've actually been suspicious of absolutely genuine emails i've actually gone well i wasn't expecting that where's that coming that that looks like a slightly dodgy link and it's not it's just slightly different to what i expected to see there's another concern that's coming it's reported by the law society through other reporting very recently that some companies are going to come back to us again and ask for us for consent again legitimately genuinely ask us for consent to process their data 
So watch this space, guys. We are about to get a lot more of these emails, and some of them will be genuine, which is going to make it harder to tell the fake ones from the real ones. I'm also mindful of, and you're right, Regina, staff training isn't once a year. It's regularly. And I, I, I see a lot of organisations where information is, is paramount, security. And without doubt, the most successful ones in terms of protecting the data, uh, protecting information, are the ones who remind their staff on a regular basis. I'm also reminded of, of firms where and there's just one other thing on the emails as well. You may get an email from a colleague, and it may be a genuine email from a colleague, and that colleague has forwarded you something to have a look at. Mm -hmm. And because it's come from the colleague, you're going to trust them. Now, if I know of situations where colleagues at home, home working, have got Windows 7, they've emailed something to their other colleague who's got Windows 10. Now, the Windows 7 machine, in transmitting that email legitimately, is also transmitting all the rubbish and the data protection issues in that email underneath. So when that person gets the email on the Windows 10 machine and they click on the open button and they click on the link because it came from a colleague who was trusted, they're mm -hmm. unleashing the ransomware into their Windows 10 machine as well. So vulnerability can come from staff and colleagues. Can't stress it enough. It's not a once a year training thing. It's a constant reminder. Don't Just be very aware what you click on and know what systems your staff are using to be able to send and receive email. Absolutely. And I think keeping on top of those updates and patches and systems is, is key, but again, made all the more difficult by the current situation that we find ourselves in with more remote working, more dispersed staff, not necessarily having the, the infrastructure or the uh, equipment to make sure that they comply with what the company would usually have in place if everybody was in their office. But um, wow, again, that 15 minutes has gone super quick. So a real pleasure to talk about that. And I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, I won't get um, any negative impacts against me for my experience breaches. But I'm certainly going to be, as always, wary and um, keep on top of it just in case there's any weird activity that goes on in any of my other accounts. But uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Neil. If anyone's got any questions or if you've been affected by data breaches that you'd like to just share your experience with us, we'd love to hear from you at coffee at dbxuk.com. That's our email address. And hopefully we will welcome you back next week when Kelly will return and we'll have more fun and exciting things to be talking about. And see you soon.